Welcome to the IOTS podcast series. My name is Carmen Vinaysha. I'm a hepatologist at La Fe Hospital in Valencia, in Spain, and also a member of the Vanguard Committee. Our first guest today is Dr. Natia Selzner, who's a transplant hepatologist and an associate professor of medicine at the University of Toronto. She'll be discussing the best of hepatology in the recent IOTS Congress in Istanbul earlier this month. Thanks, Dr. Selzner, for being with us today. Good morning. My first question is, what are the most novel studies that caught your attention at the Congress from the hepatologist standpoint? Um, first of all, I must say ILTS was very rich uh, this year in terms of the quality of the abstracts and uh, numerous presentations uh, in hepatology, which we really made the selection of the best uh, quite difficult. Uh, I must um, and I, I, I must say that though the the one that I am going to briefly discuss today are by no means um, that are the strongest, uh, and uh, there were a lot of other abstracts that uh, were equally good. This being said, uh, one of the abstracts that I found quite interesting was uh, this, uh, an abstract from University of Hong Kong, Hong Kong and UCSF, where they looked at the intention to treat uh, outcome, survival outcome, and post-transplant outcome uh, for a patient with HCC beyond UCSF comparing upfront living donor liver transplantation and downstaging. And they have shown that upfront living donor liver transplant has a better overall intention to treat survival with less dropout. However, and, and similar post-transplant uh, um, survival outcome, uh, with, um, but the risk of the recurrence was uh, lower in the downstaging group, uh, which uh, made sense. Uh, um, there was a beautiful abstract uh, from um, from um, uh, Keck, uh, um, uh, San Diego group uh, where they have looked at the outcome of uh, pa pediatric acute liver failure um, uh, children that require liver transplantation. Uh, I learned that 25% of children with PAF need liver transplant and uh, the, what was striking in this abstract is that the children below the age of two were more likely to undergo liver transplantation uh, or die compared to the children above the age of 10. Uh, what um, another interesting abstract was around the team of uh, machine learning um, based uh, prediction of the mortality models um, using national liver transplantation registries uh, from uh, three different uh, countries. And the authors was uh, beautifully, were able to beautifully demonstrate that uh, this type of machine learning based registry uh, are, um, have their own limitation. It's feasible to use them, but they're limited, they are limited in terms of their uh, validation across the country and uh, standardization of uh, registry-based variable is key in order for us to be able to use these technologies um, in the future. There was a, a very nice abstract also on uh, around the topic of the COVID, which was a, a multi-society uh, abstract a survey 
and uh, we uh, learned uh, that uh, monitoring for safety uh, of uh, and efficacy of post vaccination is only performed in uh, one third of the um, centers uh, overall after vaccination. Uh, finally, there was a beautiful abstract looking at the long-term outcome of uh, Bodkeri syndrome post-liver transplantation uh, from Europe uh, using the ELTR registry, and they have shown um, significant improvement over the um, decades in terms of the outcome of the uh, Bodkeri syndrome post-transplantation, and also looking at the long-term outcome of these patients, which are um, uh, which above uh, 80% uh, beyond uh, 10 years. So these are some of the selection of the abstract, again, uh, by no means uh, um, uh, covering all the good abstract. It's just like a glimpse of what, uh, what I uh, came to my eyes. Uh. Thank you very much, Dr. Sovna. That was a, a beautiful summary. And just uh, another question, where, where do you see the field is heading in hepatology? Well, a very good question and difficult one to answer. I think where yeah. the field is heading in the, in the future is in terms of uh, personalized based medicine uh, yeah. and uh, improving uh, long-term outcome of the graft, uh, particularly when it comes to the immunosuppression uh, adjustment. And um, there, uh, again, there was a beautiful abstract that I didn't have to pre uh, time to present that looked at this type of uh, strategies with uh, phenotypic uh, personalized medicine model uh, algorithm uh, using uh, uh, machine learning or uh, artificial intelligence to uh, predict uh, the amount of immunosuppression that one uh, recipient requires based on uh, their AST level and their, um, and their uh, rejection and adjustment to that, which ties along the same thing that I presented with the machine learning uh, and um, all these models that would work at long term if we are able to standardize all the uh, variables so that this type of technology can move uh, forward. In my opinion, that's where we are heading in hepatology and that would be the future. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Selsner. I think that was uh, the end of this uh, first podcast. I don't know if you have anything else to add. No, I, I, the only thing I had to add is that it was so wonderful to be again together in person and have a meeting after two years of looking at the camera. In reality, that was wonderful. Yeah, I agree. That was, that was really wonderful. So thank you again very much for this overview. And uh, uh, we'll see you in, in next meetings. Thank you. Our next guest is Dr. Yaman Tokat from Turkey, and he will uh, review the most novel studies in surgery. So Dr. Yukat, uh, welcome. What are the most novel studies that caught your attention at the Congress from the surgery standpoint? Hi, Carmen. Thank you very much for inviting me to this podcast and uh, asking me these questions. I think that was a very good meeting after all the years that we were excited to meet each other face to face. And a lot of people were 
together at this meeting face to face so we can have the chance to share our experiences. And about surgery, I should uh, divide it to living donor liver transplantation, disease donor liver transplantation, and all together. So there are three sections that were leading the meeting. In uh, looking at the living donor liver transplantation, I think what stepped forward in all these uh, papers was the minimally invasive cases. Most of the uh, centers in the eastern part of the world were started the minimally invasive donor hepatectomies and laparoscopic or either robotic. So nearly 40% of the papers came out with the first uh, trials, first experience, initial experience and complications and how I do it and this kind of things. But one of the most interesting things is came from Korea that they do a liver transplantation. I mean, not a donor operation, but a transplantation, implantation with robotic uh, assistance. So robotic uh, liver transplantation is the first time published or declared or showed as a video case in this meeting. It was really interesting because as the human beings, we are pushing our limits for the uh, liver transplantation as, as well as everything. So we are pushing ourselves and our limits. That was interesting. That came from Dr. Sue's hospital. They presented that they took out the liver by laparoscopy and they took the liver in and anastomosed by uh, the robotic uh, support. So it was really interesting. I'm not sure if it's re reproducible because I don't think that many centers in the world can reproduce it. And I'm not sure if we really need it, but at least we know that we can do it. For example, in our country in Turkey, we are not forcing for robotic or laparoscopy because it's the expenses are high. And I'm sure in the uh, United States, people are not pushing it too much, uh, especially for liver transplantation. Coming on the other side, we were talking about, there were like 20% of the cases were with the donor complications. Donor complications are the mainstay of the living donor liver transplantation. Uh, people are not really honest for saying that what happened to their donors, but we understood in this meeting that donors has really problems. You have to be doing it with the experience sense. What experience means we have to do a lot of donors and liver transplantations because the decision-making is more important than doing it only a right hepatectomy. Right hepatectomy is a kind of operation that we can do every day, but donor right hepatectomy is something different. So we have seen a lot of complications. A Malatya group from Turkey told their uh, donor complications sincerely that uh, people try to, uh, not to tell actually, you know that Carmen, people don't want to tell what they did wrong. So that was one of the most interesting papers in the uh, surgical wise. Also small for size graphs were one of the most uh, discussable issues. We all run for the recipients to make more uh, operations. We can do more operations with more donors. How can we find more donors? We have to use all the organs. We have to use the small organs. Uh, we have to use the small organs and we have to make them work. So we have to choose what is small for size syndrome. And we have to understand the portal dynamics. We have to understand how small is so small and 
this is the issue that we discussed a lot in this meeting. And then ABO incompatible as always uh, discussed in this meeting, uh, which was really interesting because ABO incompatible is not a uh, innocent stuff. We know that we know that it's not innocent, but it has the uh, advantages also because at a point in our countries we stuck with no donor, so we have to find some other ways to make the donors possible. You know that the first day, especially in this meeting, the idea was uh, how to expand the donor pool. So how we expand the donor pool is how we can make every donor use, every organ use, every piece of liver use. So that was the main idea. So in LDLT, uh, that was ABO compatible, small size graphs and minimally invasive. So we increase the uh, number of the donors. Another issue was the rapid technique. That was uh, interesting that came out from Norway and the rapid technique showed us how we can uh, grow the liver inside the body. Okay. And that was interesting also. So we discussed a lot about, about this. Is it reproducible? Do we really need it? You know, at the years ago, it was dual graphs. We also discussed dual graphs, but only Korea does only the Aston Center does a lot of dual lobes. It's not reproducible. I think the rapid technique is also not very reproducible. And these are the main issues in living donor liver transplantation papers in this meeting. So coming to disease liver donor uh, papers, we have to say that number one was machine perfusion. We had a very good workshop in our laboratories with the machine workshop, uh, machine uh, perfusion. And there were a couple of, uh, is, uh, let's say, companies that are promoting the, the discussions were, should we do a cold perfusion, normothermic perfusion, or what do, is the best for the patients? So now we are coming out with papers, like three days you are out of the body, it's perfused and then retransplanted. And that was a good for our future. We will do a lot of good things in the future. And the second thing what we discussed with the, disease donors was the DCD donors. And especially in the Western countries, we, don't, we are not allowed to the disease donors in Turkey. So most of the Eastern part of the world were not really very interested, but the Western world is increasing the number. So there are lots of diseased uh, DCD donors. And uh, one guy from Miami, Akutekin showed us how many cases they do what are the outcomes, how they do it. And that was very interesting about the DCDs. Also another interesting paper from Paolo, uh, Roberto Trozzi's uh, group came like the uh, split livers. I'm surprised to hear that in Europe, the split livers are not increasing. Although we are having a lot of experience with how to split a liver, even we do know how to do living donor. So. For these centers, splitting should be really easy, but maybe the quality of the donors, maybe the age, the fatty livers, the DCD donors, and the living donors take, took us apart from the splitting. So we are not really, uh, as the community are not interested in splits or we don't find enough splits, I don't know, but split livers are not uh, as much as it's expected. Coming to all the groups, living donor liver transplantation and disease donor liver transplantation, I think the main issue or the main 
concept was the transplant oncology. That's a very new concept, which I like very much. Um, came out from many institutes now, uh, how to transplant the colorectal meds for liver. Liver only meds for colorectals, how, what, how much the CEA should be, do we have to do the, what about the BRAP and MSI status of the patient and so on. So what all the communities trying to make the best living with liver transplantation, plus how to use the liver. So this rapid technique came out. You can split the liver in situ, cut the left liver, put a small liver from a living donor cadaveric and try to make it bigger and then take the right lobe and make the patient uh, survive longer. So this is a new concept for colorectal metastasis. Also, we all know the Mayo Clinic studies for classical tumors. That was also very interesting, but we know this, we are trying, discussing this for years. But a new paper came from Houston, which was very interesting also for me about the intrahepatic cholangiocarcinomas. I, I remember that they did six cases and a very good outcome for the very selected patients. So we have to choose uh, very, very good patients for transplant oncology, because we know that the uh, doctors, the oncologists cannot give the immunotherapy, chemotherapy or whatever, or targeted therapies because of the liver insufficiency of these metastatic patients. If we can change the liver and let them do this targeted therapies and so on, maybe we can give our patients a long, long, long survival. So that was very interesting. Everybody is working on this. Also animal research, as you know, that they just, we were discussing about these issues. Animal research is going up. So I think the basic science will talk about more, but as a clinician, we are also very interested in the animal research and we want to imp, uh, transplant the uh, animal organs to human. So that was the main uh, concepts of the 2022 uh, ILTS meeting in Istanbul. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Dogan. That was a, a wonderful review of the meeting. And I will just have uh, another question. Where do you see the field is heading right now? I think, I think uh, there are two ways. First of all, the organs are not enough for anybody. We can see that because the population is getting older. So we have less chance to use the organs. So we are pushing what we can do. We are getting fatter. We have more fatty livers than you, we used to be. We are uh, preventing traffic accidents. We are trying to prevent the uh, brain strokes. We are trying to prevent the MI, uh, myocardial infections that are used for brain death donors. So what is the main idea is to push the living donors and also to push the anonymous donors. Maybe we are not only allowing us to make a family members, but people want to make something for the other people. It's like to donate their life. That's the biggest donation in the world. You can donate money, you can donate house, but it doesn't mean that you can donate a life. Donating a life means donating a liver. Uh, and we are not uh, dying uh, as used to be because of the, the, the reasons where I talked to you before. So there are a lot of uh, people that willing to donate to um, people that they even don't know. They want to be uh, helping to people. They want to be the ones that really, uh, the one that helps the people and there's somebody. So 
that's very important in the pupils feeling it's also a psychologically relief for all the people who didn't do anything for somebody else in their lifetime so i think in the future we'll do more unrelated donors we'll do more dcds we will do more uh, robotic or laparoscopic uh, donor hepatectomies and first of all i think we have to be very 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 careful in donor problems we have to be saving the donor we don't have to get risks for the recipients that's why we are going for small pore size as well so we are operating this we are doing this liver transplantation for the patient but we shouldn't forget that the donors are more and more and more important than anything else because they are trying to donate a life and we have to keep them away we don't have to get any risk we don't we, there is no chance that we can do oh okay we can go 25 and see what happens 25% of graft body weight ratio and we see what happens we don't have a chance like that or we can go for 75 years old and see what happens we don't have a chance like that we have to be sure that the donor will not get any harm from this operation so i think the future is for our transplantation teams and the surgical wise one will do more operations with small livers and we are trying to improve how we can do it two we'll do more oncology cases three we will do more abo incompatibles four definitely we will do more minimally invasive to prevent but you know it's it's now it's like a fashion doing a minimally invasive robotic or laparoscopic is like a fashion you have you feel that you have to do it actually you feel that when you do it you are the biggest surgeon in the world it's not the way it is when you are the biggest surgeon in the world you know carmen if you don't no harm to the donor and you have a nearly 100% success in your recipient then you are the best surgeon in the world okay incision is important looking is important face uh, impression is important body impression is important i agree i agree with that so you have to have great experience to do a robotic or uh, laparoscopy nowadays we are all jealous about the people who are doing these operations we shouldn't be we should do what we can do best so try to do our best for the patient so i think the uh, future is trying to do the best and who is going to be the successful in the future or who is going to be the hero of the future i can say the ones who are the best for their patients that's what i can say so the heading is minimally invasive uh, less problem donor problems uh, more using of small pore size grafts yes abo we're going to use abo incompatibles we'll use more dcds we'll use machine perfusion as much as we can and we'll do a lot of transplant oncology cases that's what i can okay, say for the future comment Thank you very much for your review. And I think if you don't have anything more to add, uh, that's, that's going to be about it. I, th I think so. I think I tried to cover everything as much as I can from this meeting. And what I get from this uh, ideas, I think in the Rotterdam next year, we'll put more on this uh, from the surgical point of view. The people will try more and see what they'll come out with. Because this, uh, 
meeting inspired us for these things that I told you, and I'm sure next year we'll have a lot of papers on these subjects. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Tokat. Thank you, Carmen. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to be involved in our liver transplantation community, please consider joining ILTS membership at www.ilts.org. As a member, you will have unrestricted access to the ILTS education platform, members directory, free subscription to the ILTS official journal, Transplantation, discount on Congress, and other ILTS meetings registration and the opportunity to be involved in ILTS committees and special interest groups. Please join us in the next podcast in a few weeks from now.